Welcome to the Mainly Moonology podcast. I'm your host, Yasmin Boland, an award-winning astrologer and the Sunday Times best-selling author of books including Moonology and creator of the Moonology Oracle Cards. My intention for this podcast is to help you understand how you can create your dream life using Mainly Moonology, the moon, as your guide. Okay, so this week, under the super blue full moon, we're recording this, and that's a part of my theories of talking to the leaders in the field of oracle cards around the world, I present to you the amazing Colette Baron-Reed. Ooh, yay! Oh, hello, hello, hello. Hello, my side. The other fabulous oracle card creator in the world, Yasmin Boland, two Cancerian <laughs> wackadoodles. There we go. So Love your new deck. Yes, my new deck exactly. Which it's is, so uh, good. Why I'm why why I'm talking to all you oracle card amazing people. I said to um, Radley Valentine, he's the oracle card king, and uh, and you're the oracle card queen. Um, oh, but when sure. I we said to him, but there are many kings and queens on this planet. Ah, ah, okay, you, you too are a queen. Oh, <laughs> thank you, darling. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Without yes. any further ado, just everybody who's listening, if you haven't heard of Colette Baron Reed, look her up. I'll give you all her details at the end. But she is honestly one of the probably the leading creator of Oracle Cards, along with Radley. I think that both of you are. Yeah. I don't know who's got the most decks, but you're both. Bradley has tarot decks more than oracle cards. He does tarot. So there's a difference between our categories. Right, right. Yes. Okay. So I wanted to kind of just get into your head a little bit and find out a little bit about you today. (laughs) Being more than I know, although Colette and I do know each other personally. So can you share with us, first of all, Colette, how you first discovered your intuitive abilities? Yes. That kind of led you down this path that you're on. Yes, I can. So I was a little kid. So we had a Scottish nanny. Her name was Mrs. Kelly. And Mrs. Kelly was a very old Scottish lady with a heavy Scottish brogue who was our babysitter, basically. And uh, she was a psychic. But my mom didn't know that. So when she would leave, when my parents would leave the house, she would have friends come over, little blue haired ladies. I mean, she had literally, she had to been in her late seventies, this woman or early eighties. Now that's not that old these days, but it it looked old to me when I was a little kid. Anyway, so then she would read their playing cards and stuff. And I thought that was just like, wow, I would be like hiding and looking through the thing. But I used to see things in the backyard and I would tell her. I would see these little weird, ugly, they were really super ugly little people with wings and uh, that were like big dragonflies, right? And they were kind of see-through and sometimes I would see them, sometimes I wouldn't, but they weren't very friendly. Um, And uh, like, it wasn't like I was seeing really cute little pretty fairies in the backyard, but I was seeing nature devas, like I could see them. And my, and she would be, I would tell her, and then I would see a thimble one or a, or a thorny one. And then I would see one that was like ugly, ugly little face, but it wasn't a dragonfly. It was for sure. So I would come in and tell her this. And, uh, you know, it's amazing what we did as little children. And then it goes away when we're adults. Uh, but anyway, so she yeah. was, she t- was the one who said to me, no, 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 these are true. Let's leave them a sugar cube. 
So we would leave sugar cubes on a little leaf for these beings in the backyard. And then they were like super, they would come out every once in a while or whatever. And I didn't see tons of them, I'll be honest, but it was like enough that I never forgot it. So one day my, uh, I overheard my nanny telling my mother that I had the sight in the kitchen. And also because I would see things about my mom's friend, I knew who was on the phone. I would tell my nanny things that I shouldn't have known. And, and like, I would just blurt stuff out. She goes, well, how do you know that dear? And I'm like, going, I don't really know how I, know. I don't know. Didn't you tell me? No, I didn't. You know, that kind of stuff. So that, so then my mother was freaking out in the kitchen and I thought, she was telling my mother that I didn't need to wear glasses because everyone in my family wore glasses except for me. So I didn't understand why my mom was so upset that I had the sight, right? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But I knew things like I would, I just knew things without knowing why I knew them. Like I didn't know. I've always just had a knowing, this bizarre knowing and that, but I would blurt it out. And then I got to learn that wasn't okay. So, you know, like there would be this kind of, I didn't, I wasn't raised in a family where this was like, yeah, <laughs> and this right. was like, no, we're going to keep that quiet. No, no, that can't be true. Then you start to question yourself, like your imaginary friends in the backyard aren't real anymore. And then you start realizing, you know, so, but I had it and I had it sporadically where I could see very clear descriptions of events um, and it, but what happened was, and it was, it was, I had a lot of mixed messages because my father also taught me how to read Turkish coffee cups. And I didn't know until his death and his oldest friends told me, because both my parents had died at that point, um, where they told me that my, my, I came by my gift naturally by my dad, because my, fa- my mother had promised my father actually she didn't pro- tell him she told him she was going to divorce him if he ever read Turkish coffee cups again at a party because he went into a trance at my mother's house and read these people's cups and told in front of everybody that these two people were having an affair that were wow. married to other people and he didn't remember he said it once it was over mm. so yeah so she forbade wow. him ever to do that again <laughs> right so I didn't know any of this until after they had died right so so Uh, So they were, so although my dad taught me all about spirit animals, he was Serbian and my great grandmother was from Mongolia. So I'm sure some of what he understood about um, nature spirits came from my grandmother also, because that was a shamanic culture. She was from Western Mongolia. Uh, She was a Buryat. Um, And uh, so, but who knows, right? So I learned about that, but yet I was told I had to be a lawyer. Do you know what I mean? So it was like wow. education okay. number one, but I'm still going to take you back and show you how to read these things, right? Because, hey, wink, wink, you might have this, but nobody tells anybody. It was bizarre. And meanwhile, he would take us to all the UFO seminars with Eric von Däniken and, and we lived in the West Indies and he showed us the, you know, like the the UFOs and how they go into the ocean. I, like, So we were raised with all these weird, strange, like mixed messages where I was fascinated with the all the occult and the mystical stuff. And yet I had to go in this direction, which is very academic and very, and I wouldn't be okay unless I did that. Right. right. So it's really interesting. Yeah. But that's you a long didn't answer. go in that direction yeah. at all, did you? You didn't, did you, did you study no. law? Yes, I went to law school. Um, oh. I went to law school. I sure did. Um, but I wanted to be a singer songwriter since I was like 12. 
So music was my first love. And interestingly enough, because I tune into the same kind of information that I do when I write music, when I hear music is when I just kind of like you write novels. I mean, you have the same, right? When we do our oracles, it comes from the same place. It's like where the imagination and our intuition and what we receive all comes from the same place. So music for me was my number one, but I had to go to university and I did study law. I did take a drug overdose. I I had problems with drugs and alcohol by the time I was really 14. I was bulimic. I mean, I was a real mess. I couldn't handle all the information. I was emotionally very distraught. I had an eating disorder that then translated into a drug addiction. Then at university, I was gang raped when I was 19. Spoiler alert, I get people don't want, you know, the trauma, trigger alert, whatever. But ultimately, then I spiraled down downhill until I was 26. When uh, I got clean and sober, I hit bottom. And then my life has literally been on a spiritual path since then. So that's been 38 years. Okay. So they all went together. Drugs, alcohol, self-harm, violence, intuition and mystical things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And right. And I mean, I do want to say here something I've said to you many times, which is, you know, I know at one point you were going through a really rough Uh, astrological transit and I've never seen anyone with the courage face a transit with the courage that you did so you probably learned that from from your 20s you know well I learned it actually I, I I would say I learned it more from my recovery uh, from addiction, you know, I've been clean and sober yeah. dated for almost 38 years, but it's what I learned in recovery and in therapy, which was if I was that, if I tried to escape anything, it would haunt me and catch me and take me basically to a place where, you know, I could be annihilated, but I was so afraid of being annihilated in some way. It was like really serious. Yeah. So I believed that if I were to, um, really meet life on life's terms, I had to get really rigorously honest. And I have to be honest with you, one of the, uh, and I don't know if this happens for you because everybody is different, but empaths, like I am definitely an empath and an intuitive, and I've always struggled with boundaries, not not now, but boundaries. And because of my uh, trauma history, issues around protecting myself, the inability to say no, which was taken from me, and also that the threats, which actually came from my mother because she was a Holocaust survivor. So you had all this like the world isn't safe. I had to really the Pluto transit is what we were talking about, had yeah. to really say if Pluto is a planet of death and transformation on the other side of this, if I am willing to really look, I will be changed and I will be changed for the better. And so, you know, you were really instrumental in the way you talked about it to me too, as well. It was like, hey, this is here. Like you can't run away from it. And I think it was you that told me to buy this book. I think it was the Pluto, the Pluto book, which I studied. I literally underlined everything. (laughs) Healing, healing Pluto problems by Donna. Healing Pluto problems. Yeah, I mean, but but the truth is, you know, I've probably given that speech to 10 people and you're the only one who actually stood up and went, right, bring it on. You know, well, so I have really, another question, yeah. Claire. Okay. Um, so you know, I often find that you know you've got this story that you had addiction, you broke through, and so does Gabby Bernstein, and then I know yeah. someone else who's 
very intuitive who was in a near-death accident and she met these angels and, you know, there's so many people who go through this. And then there's people like me who've never, thank God, you know, <laughs> had a near-death or whatever. Do you think that you have to go through hell to to come out the other side and be intuitive? I mean, especially for everyone no. listening who no. might be going, well, I've never... No, I've never had a drug problem. I've never been nearly dead. No. I've never been, you know, kicked in the head by a horse. All those things that people then get catapulted into spirituality. No, absolutely not. Um, I think that there's no, because I believe we're all born intuitive. I believe that our job, no matter what we're exposed to, whatever karma or opportunities we have, uh, to uh, evolve, it, they come in different wrapping papers, not everyone, but you, you would struggle with your own things. Like it's, it doesn't have to be something as extreme as mine. And as a matter of fact, I don't look at this as to say why I have what I do. It's more about how important it was for me to have more compassion and empathy towards other people who have struggled. So that's kind of, you know, and, and as a medium, for example, I'm ending up to be the apology medium for most half the time that dead people come through and want to, you know, say something, but I actually know what they're talking about. So I've had life experience that, that, but that has nothing to do with being intuitive, being able to create oracles. Um, none of that, like intuition is, is built into us. Every human being on this planet is, has the same blueprint for intuitive information. It's just what is our purpose to that's uh, two separate conversations. It just so happens that mine makes me a specific type of che of teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? It's it, it, because I, I really have been to places where a lot of people haven't been or, you know, but that's two separate things. I think that you okay. can't really, yeah. As a matter of fact, like look at um, Carolyn Mace is a perfect example. She was a highly intuitive, medical intuitive. I mean, and she'll say, I've never had any kind of trauma like that come into right. my life. So her, she too, right? So you're in good company. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. people have to forget about that. Yeah. They yeah. have to have some horrible thing happen. Absolutely yeah. not. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We're just going to pause the podcast to do a call out to all astrology enthusiasts and the manifestors out there. So my mainly monology membership is gearing up for something really extraordinary, our very special latest Magical Nights workshop. So this year, 2024, blesses us with 11 nights that are brimming with incredible energy and April 21st stands out of one of these remarkable nights. Why is April 21 so special? Well, it's the day when Jupiter, the planet of good luck and expansion, aligns with Uranus, the planet of change, liberation, awakenings and innovation. So this rare meeting, and it really is rare, is a potent moment of the year for breakthroughs, radical change, and unexpected opportunities. It's an ideal time to set intentions, break free from limitations, and also invite abundance into your life for reasons I will explain on the night. If you're already a member of my beautiful Mainly Moonology membership, keep an eye on your inbox because your Zoom invitation for this exclusive workshop will be on its way very soon. You obviously won't want to miss out on harnessing this super powerful energy 
to supercharge your manifesting. And if you're not a member yet, but you are intrigued by the magic of astrology and moonology and manifestation, there's a place for you in the community. Just go to mainlymoonologymembership.com to sign up and become part of a community that's dedicated to exploring the mysteries of the moon and beyond. Join us in time for the Magical Nights workshop and discover how to work with the universe's energy to create the life you're dreaming of. April 21 is just the beginning. We have 11 Magical Nights this year and the journey through 2024 promises to be transformational. So don't miss out to be a part of it. Sign up now and let's manifest together. Mainly moonologymembership.com. All right, so let's talk about Oracle Cards. And I do want to mention my beautiful Moonology Messages Oracle Cards, which actually came from a conversation with you. Yeah. Amazingly enough. We couldn't get our schedules together. Yeah. Amazing. And I got together to try to create something. And then it just, I ended up with so many things to do. And she went off and did it herself and did the most amazing, amazing, beautiful deck. With your blessing. History. With your blessing. With a hundred percent, my blessing. Which I thought was very generous of you. No, it's the way it should be. It shouldn't. Be. It's not even me being generous. It's no. It's us being where we needed to be at the time to yeah. to support each other. You know True. what I mean? Like I believe that the sharing of ideas. It's not like I owned it and then gave it to you. It's like we did it and we and you evolved it. It's like yes, yes with my blessing only because I was too busy and felt guilty. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. True. So with Oracle cards, I happen yeah. to know from our fearless leader, Reed Tracy, that it yeah. took some time to convince you to focus on Oracle cards. What do you think that was about? And 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 now, I mean, do you think Oracle cards are just like the be all and end all? So wait, Where he, he said that to you because that's actually, he would never say that unless you heard it wrong because I'm the one that told him that that's all I wanted to do is to focus on Oracle cards. That's so, not what he said to me. That so he said? what he said to me? He I'm talking to him later today. So okay. no. I'll tell you. That's funny. I'm going to ask him if he said that. So okay, so here's the telling- deal. He yeah, was telling ahead. me, you know, just stick with the moon because I'm an oh, I see your point. Oh, 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 I see your point. You're talking about the brand. I okay. guess so. Yes, and I know said, what you're talking like about. Like with Colette Baron Reed, I was telling her for the longest time she had to focus on Oracle cards and la la la. And I totally know what he's saying. Okay. Ah. So I had actually thought that I needed to finish my degree in psychology um, and went to him and said, you know, like, I don't know, I feel like I need to know more and I need to have more credibility and bloody, 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 blah. And because I'm a nerd and I study everything and I studied Jungian, he said, no, you don't just focus on the Oracle cards, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then when I did listen to him, that's correct. The idea of of, uh, of like you being moonology, that's your greatest success has been your expertise in being able to help all of us understand how to work with the moon. Now I've been doing moon readings in my membership site for years, 
but it's it's not my main thing, right? So it's just a thing I do. That is your thing. So if I would say, oh, Yasmin Bolin is the queen of the moon, right? So, <laughs> right? So it's that it's that sense of where we best serve. So for me, uh, you best serve using this as your main, yeah, you know, your, your main thing. And for me, yeah, no, he was he was definitely right. Yeah, he was right, and he was right for me too. And the thing is, is that for me doing oracle cards is like channeling music for me and i believe 1000% it's my destiny no question and it's not about me being the best i laugh when people call me the queen because i don't even i never look on amazon i don't even ask how many apps i don't care i just get to do it and i'm so grateful and i get downloads and then i hear things and i'm like oh this is cool and boom 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 and then when i try to do a deck and it's not coming i just i can't make it happen and i just go okay fine wait till it comes but I really feel it's like my creativity and the spirit of my own business, right? Which is because I teach a course called The Spirit of Your Business, has chosen me as the conduit for it to reach people in a very specific way because my Oracle cards, specific, and you know, you and I have talked about that, work off a specific lexicon or vocabulary that I developed eons ago. And so it's just tell people a little bit about that because it's fascinating. Sure. So, and you nailed it with moonology and using the concept of the moon, the moon in itself is its own lexicon. So the fact that there are a reliable vocabulary, it's a reliable vocabulary of symbols, images, and meanings that speak to each other. And the moon is always going to talk to the moon, right? And it's always going to talk to you. So there's no question. So a lexicon represents a vocabulary of symbols, images, and concepts and situations that are universal to all people and that are derived from a number of ancient oracle systems that I studied that all had something in common. One of them was astrology. Another one is the I Ching, so which is thousands, tens of thousands of years old. It's Chinese. Another system is the Tarot. And we have runes, Norse and Celtic runes. So they all had a language that spoke to each other. So I kind of looked at that and go, oh, and then I also threw in bird augury. I know people are going to think I'm nuts, but it's a Greek way to recognize bird formations and, and what, like, whatever. So that there's, there's, so they're corollaries, they're correlational. So I created one that became wisdom of Avalon. And then from there, it's like skinning the deck. So it's like the, the concepts remain similar, not the same, same because the deck tells you what it is, but it will, I will never veer away from an actual divination system because that's my expertise. So I have only one deck that's a day at a time deck, which is postcards from spirit, which doesn't work as a divination system. It wasn't meant to. So my interest was in being able to do actual readings with it like one card, two, all the cards talk together. That doesn't mean mine are better than anybody else's. There are certain decks out there where like Gabby sells like crazy. People love it. It's a one card kind of a thing. It's like, what do I need to think about today? Mine is that you can actually do like, you know, 10 card readings, three cards, seven cards. You can actually create conversations with the divine, which is what I teach. So you can have a conscious contact and dialogue with the divine. Right. So in your your latest deck, is it the Dreamweaver's Oracle? Yeah. So I'll show you my Dreamweaver's Oracle. Excellent. Let's have a look at it. Beautiful. 
So what about the inspiration behind this deck for the symbols, oh, the lexicon? Okay. What makes it unique compared to your previous decks and so on? Yeah. Okay. So previously, uh, the first deck was, was hand-drawn, Wisdom of Avalon. And then another deck was, uh, but most of my first 14 decks I did with the same artist, Jenna de la Grattaglia. And who became a really close friend of mine. Originally, I just hired her as an artist. And then I continued to hire her for my projects. But we became really close friends. So she and I, you know, when you kind of that you, you kind of need to be creatively, you have to spread your wings. So I, yeah, I saw very clearly in my head, a deck that was hand drawn. And Je that's not Jenna. She's a digital artist. And I wanted to get away from digital art at that time so then she went on to get her own deck deals and stuff and i'm super proud of her i like love i love her so i'm so happy for her she got tons of work afterwards because she was stuck working with just me and i right. and so i'm like no 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 no, go do your thing because i'm going to go in a different direction and we're both super happy so i but i didn't know how this is going to work because the download that i got was that i ended up in a meditation going into a cave and i saw these funky little creatures in a cave and i'm like oh i'm seeing like aliens like <laughs> you know are like weird little beings but not aliens right but that, that it was like drawn on a cave it was very primitive you know like like, like scratches on a wall and i'm seeing these funny beings and we there were weavers right so i was like oh well how am i going to get somebody to do that right so i'm like okay I met with like four or five different artists. It just was not working. I thought, what the hell? Why did I even get these ideas if I couldn't find anybody? So I talked to my girlfriend, Althea, and she said, I know exactly who you need. And I said, Hello. who? Who? She goes, there's a guy here in Santa Fe. Um, he's very well-known artist. His name is Joel Nakamura. He developed something called neo-primitive art. So he teaches at some of the most prestigious art schools. Every, you know, He's a Japanese-American, amazing guy. Uh, so, and she said over lunch just the other day, she goes, oh, I'd love to do an Oracle deck is what he said, right? Wow. So she hooked us up. He sent me a sketch. He was in the hospital with his son and he sent me sketches on napkins on, on a phone. Like he'd take wow. pictures of sketches and I'm like, oh my God, you're so hired. Cause I just told him everything. I said, listen, it's gotta be weird. It's got to have a kind of vibe that's playful and strange and kind of creature like and whatever and and he just showed me the pictures and i just bawled i thought it was, we actually ended up buying the entire 44 paintings from him he, he hand painted everything it was amazing wow mm -hmm. so and on he, that yeah. note maybe we we could do a reading a one card sure. reading for everybody who's listening or watching Right. But before we do it, two things. One is remember that a lot of people will just hear this, okay? So we need to remember some people are just listening. Oh yeah. Maybe okay. you could you could describe as the Oracle Queen your process before you do a reading. Like just do you get yourself in your sure. zone or do you just do them willy-nilly? Let us know. No, I don't do anything willy-nilly. Um, so before this call, I asked to be a channel for divine inspiration and intuition. And uh, so my prayer is relieve me of the bondage of self so that I may better do thy will. Show me who to help. Show me my words that will bring only goodness and do no harm. So that's what I say. Love that. Where's that from? It's a mishmash of a bunch of different prayers that I've learned over the years and I made it up. Okay. <laughs> so. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Okay. All so right. here we go. So we shuffle. All right. Why don't we do one of mine and one of yours together? So right. I would say, what do everybody need to know today on this blue moon? Yes, or whenever they hear it. When they or whenever you hear it, but we're pulling it today with yes. the concept. Like remember that if they did your moonology cards, they could get this same moon but not being a different moon. they could get moon and leo in february do you know what i'm saying so yes, it's like, it doesn't yes. matter when they hear it it matters yes. that we're reflecting the energy all right all right and i'm going to choose a card so in order for the high and it's always for me the caveat is for the highest good okay so i got this card so for those of you who can see it it's called when the birds sing gratitude isn't that oh, cool? Look at how detailed this card is. Beautiful card. There, the, there's a bird that is sitting on one of the Dreamweaver's heads. And then you see the little Dreamweavers and then you see moons and you see stars and you see musical notes and other birds in clouds and all these teeny tiny little wings inside the back of it, which is showing the fabric of reality that we don't see what is true. We only see a limited portion of reality and to call spirit forth and to call our dreams and desires forth, especially when in a full moon, when we're releasing as well, that we do it through gratitude. So when the birds sing gratitude is all about practicing the art of gratitude. Even when you are releasing something you, that is no longer serving you, you are going to release it with the concept that it is in the highest good and you are grateful even for the experience up until now, um, even on the thing that you want to let go of. So, so it's like a true sense of being fully and absolutely grateful for every experience that you've had to date and moving forward, using this as an impetus for more. Okay, beautiful. All right. And I drew a card as well. I know you say sometimes your cards aren't always just predictive. They're also prescriptive, prescriptive. or the other way around. Yeah. So telling you what to do, giving it. Well, mine's a bit more prescriptive, this one. Mine are always prescriptive. Okay. So yeah. I've got the void moon, ah. do nothing. Oh. So for anyone who's listening and they asked a question like, you know, should I move house or does he like me? Should I ask him out? Should I quit my job? Whatever. This card is all about the fact that now's not the time to take action. It's the time to just be. So how would we combine that with the gratitude? Maybe it's time sure. to think about what you're grateful for. Yes, and do you. and not and not take any forward movement action. Remember to at the time of this that we're doing this call, we're actually also doing it in Mercury retrograde as well as Venus retrograde and the, the blue full moon. I mean, it's a lot, right? Yeah, so it so is. gratitude, when we add gratitude to non-action, that gratitude is the only action you should be yeah. taking right now. And, yeah, and then that. what is yours will come to you or not. Like what yeah. is yours will never be be withheld from you. What is truly yours? Yeah. And with gratitude, it becomes magnetic to what is true and repulsive to what is not. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. So I wanted to ask you as well, what advice would you give to beginners who are mm -hmm. interested in working with Oracle cards, but maybe unsure of how to start or how to interpret the cards and so on. Where would you say they should start? 
Well, I think you should get two decks. One of them is Wisdom of the Oracle and the other one is Moonology. (laughs) (laughs) And work with them together. That's Um, a beautiful deck, that one, Wisdom of the Oracle. I use that online all the time. Right? And I It's surprisingly confronting at times. It's my number one selling deck around the world. Not Um, surprised. It's the one that I teach with. So it has the most information about different subjects too. So I think you have to make find an Oracle deck that you know works as a divination system. And as I said, Moonology works as does with as all mine work, but I would say start with this one. It's a great deck for beginners uh, because you can really understand, but always read people's guides books. Like read Yasmin's guidebook, read my guidebook. We write these extensive guidebooks to help you. Yeah. Um, right. And people like, oh, I'm going to just use my intuition, but that's not the best way to work with Oracle cards when they have a system. You need to know what they mean. Eventually yeah. you can, eventually you can get the hang of it. But yeah, so I would say start there. The other thing is too, is, is also don't look for literal accuracy. And sometimes I say to people, if only one line stands out for you in the guidebook, that's all that's important. That's the line. That's the line, right? That's the line. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Guess what? Mercury is retrograde again. First off, don't panic. While Mercury retrograde has earned a troublesome reputation, there is a way to turn this cycle into an opportunity. How do I know? I wrote a book about it. I also wrote a free Mercury Retrograde Survival Guide, which I'd love to offer you free of charge right now. It tells you exactly how to use this period to your advantage and what you can do to avoid some of the common pitfalls. It also contains information that will not only help you survive this cycle and other upcoming Mercury Retrogrades, it will help you thrive. Knowing is winning. So head over to moonmessages.com forward slash survive and download your Mercury Retrograde Survival Guide. And Colette, I, I have a couple of instances of this. So if you can't think of one off the top of your head, I will share one of mine. But can you think of a time where you've done a reading and it's been so accurate, it's kind of knocked your socks off in a way that you can tell us? Here's a really good one. So um, I was traveling with my husband to Europe and we were stopping off in Milan on the way to Venice. So we had a time between we're sitting on the floor, there were no seats, and I decided to pull out my cards. And I clearly saw that he was going to ask me to marry him. And yeah, I clearly saw that. Do you remember and what you were reading? Were you reading tarot or one of I your was reading decks? Tarot. Or... Yeah, I okay. even remember what it was. It was the Knight of Cups, the Ace of Cups, the Two of Cups, and the Four of Wands. I, I t- I'm telling you, like, and then the Ace, okay. of, Ace of Swords, which is Destiny, right? So, and uh, so I'm like, what? So I looked at him and he was so upset because he knew I knew. <laughs> it was supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, that was one. And then that's a great one. 
Oh, never mind. The first night that he stayed over at my house, he asked me to do a reading for him about his career. And I saw 1000% I was going to move in with him. He would be the guy for the rest of my life in his reading. And I told him, oh, no, 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 no. these cards are wrong. Like, forget it. Okay. <laughs> Don't you think, Yasmin, that, you know, the cards reflect what is true, but we don't always really understand it as readers you know, like I made a living reading, you know, reading the tarot and being a predictive reader for many, many years. And there's a great responsibility of that. What I came to terms with was that the prescriptive reading was so much more interesting because I could see how a person could transform their future by making changes in their life. And yeah. so I think you and I both switched over from the more Oh, let's see what's going to happen. Cause that's where everybody starts. And especially now everybody wants to know what's going to happen. Cause people are scared, right? Yeah. They, they want to know, give me certainty. But the truth is, is that the certainty lies within our co-creative abilities, our abilities to manifest our, our lives and therefore be responsible to them. So, yeah. you know, cards are tools. They're, yeah. they're our tool for transformation. Yeah. Okay. So I just have one more question. Okay. What do you see for the future of Oracle cards? What do I see for the future? Are they going to be replaced by AI? <laughs> oh, I could care I less. mean, or what? Are they, you know, here's are they the going, deal. Are they, how are they going to adapt to the That's changing? That's interesting that you talk about AI because I would never even think about using AI for an Oracle card deck because here's here's the thing. Um, you can use AI. That's in, That's an interesting topic. And what AI will do is scour what exists already and recreate something based on what exists. But that cannot take the place of human, the human spirit, inspiration, um, how and, and the mystical connection that we have when we are actually creating these things. So at, are we worried? I really don't care. I know that if uh, while I still have a say, I believe that art too, like art, AI art needs to be in its own category. It is not art that comes from, I'm also an artist, I'm a painter. So, you know, it's not, It's it comes from something that's an amalgamation of a lot of things and then something thrown into it, but the person is not channeling their spirit into, into the product or the, the painting or the song, et cetera. So we're in experimental phase right now. I think we're just like kids in a candy store. And at some point, we cannot be replaced by a computer. I think people are afraid of that. But, yeah, you know, so yeah. Yeah. And weirdly, in fact, the Hay House apps are all, are all disappearing slowly. So we're not even putting the cards on the apps. I mean, they've been around for hundreds of years. Do you think they'll stick around on just pieces of paper on cards like that? Do you think we'll keep well, using them? I think, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that while people want something tangible, I do, I do sometimes look and think, wow, we're getting into this space where everything is up in the head, which is very Aquarius, right? This is that, you know, the mind, the head, technology. Very and all that. Aquarius. But I think that nothing is going to take the place from, as I said, from the inspired action and channeling from the universe to the human spirit to creativity through a person. If you can use it as a enhancer, I think it's a great tool to enhance. It's a great tool for ideation. But when we start to see it, replacing it, it's not coming up with anything new. It can't generate a new idea. All yeah. it does is take what was 
And that's plagiarism. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, but here's the thing. We all get inspired by what we see and hear. Like I, my decks, as I said, I, I always tell people where my inspirations come from, but I'm the one that created the lexicon at the end of the day, you know, and, and it's my writing. It's my, you know, so what, so what do I see for the future of Oracle cards? I Maybe draw a card. Let's see what the cards say. Okay. Let's see a card. I'm going to use wisdom of the Oracle. Okay. What do they say? I am going to pull a card from Woto. That's affectionately known as Woto. It's 11, 11 on my, Yay! on my, <laughs> In Canada, it is. I know it's like, okay. So, what do we see for the future of Oracle cards? Ha <laughs> ha. So, to the sea is in protection. It says that it will appear as if we're, our little boat is going to be going through white, white rotter rafting, but it's reminding us that we will not capsize, that right now we're going to go through a lot of turmoil and a lot of different, you know, experiments that will appear to capsize us, but it won't. The spirits of the river are saying it. We will not capsize. Right. So if we're afraid in any way of being usurped, just got to keep doing what we do and then see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. What do you think? Tell me what you see. So I feel like in a way, referring back to our conversation about people who are just starting out on their spiritual path and their spiritual journey and learning to use their intuition, who haven't maybe, you know, had a near-death experience right. uh, or whatever, I think that they will always be a really good go-to, uh, as, as you call it, spiritual self-help. Yeah, trying to understand what you're currently manifesting. And so even if AI does take over for a while and maybe someone's going to create a fantastic Oracle deck with AI, who knows, maybe we should do it. <laughs> but, you know, like even if that happens, I, I do feel that, you know, as with the tarot, you know, I've got my old deck of Rider Waite Smith Me too. cards, you know, and I don't think anything's ever going to really replace them. No, and same with, I also think too that right now there is a glut on the market. Everybody yeah. is doing Oracle cards. Yes. That said, I think it's in the very beginning, I was a little poo-poo and then I became very different. I thought, you know what? Let, I think it's really great for people to go out there and try to create this. And there's some beautiful, beautiful card decks out there. Yeah. Um, but now it's a matter of people discovering what works for them and I, I think it's kind of a sign that everybody loves it. So I yeah. think Oracle cards will always be around. And just so you know, the apps on Hay House have been migrated over to uh, Michelle Cripolani's Beauty Everywhere. So we all have our decks there now. Oh, well, I did not know that. Oh, you and I need to talk about that. I'll introduce you. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. All right, Colette, let's finish up by you telling everybody where they can find you for those sure. who don't know. Yet. Absolutely. Thank you, Yasmin. So we are going to post a link uh, to a number of places that you can connect with me and engage with me. Oracle Palooza Virtual is coming up on September the 15th. It's a fantastic three-day wild interactive event. Um, Oracle School is coming up uh, right after that. So we have all kinds of things. Uh, you go to cbrlove.com. You can take a look at my membership site. But ultimately, we are going to give you a very special link. Um, and I don't know what it's called yet. So, <laughs> But if you click on that, 
you'll get all kinds of cool information about, uh, you know, about all things CBR oracles. Okay, <laughs> sounds you. brilliant. So read the description. And if you're listening to the podcast, then you need to have a little look in at the description notes in the podcast. Great. Amazing. Okay. Well, Colette, thank you so much for being here. Thank and you. I can't wait to see you in uh, New York in about six weeks. Awesome. Very great. Thank you. All right. Lots of love. Mwah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Mainly Moonology podcast. If you'd like to stay updated with the moon and moonology and astrology and all the other things we cover, be sure to subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You'll be notified whenever a new episode is up. Also, it would mean a lot to me and my team if you could leave us a glowing five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, please. That actually helps more people find us too, which spreads the love and surely also brings you amazing karma for taking a moment to help us out and to help other people find the podcast. Have a great week and I hope to speak to you next week. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to the Mainly Moonology podcast. If you want to take Moonology to the next level and manifest the life of your dreams, join our growing community of magical people who come together to lift each other up as we meditate, manifest and reclaim the magic that has been inside us all along. Head over to mainlymoonologymembership.com and awaken your true powers.